Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to listen to this week's sermon from Moore Memorial United Methodist Church. I'm Chad Bowen, and I have the privilege of pastoring this great congregation. We want to make sure you know about a few ways that you can engage with us in person over the next few weeks. Last Sunday, we started a drive-in service at 11 a.m. at Mission Hope, and we'll be back there next week, and we would love to have you drive in and join us for worship. As of right now, our plan is to gather in person on the lawn of the Fellowship House for our Ash Wednesday service at 5.30 p.m. That's on Wednesday, February 17th. If you don't know about Ash Wednesday, it marks the beginning of the season of Lent. And on Ash Wednesday, we focus on two things primarily, confessing our sins and remembering that death is a part of the world as we know it and something that we'll face. That launches us into Lent, which is a season of discipline and self-denial, where we seek to prepare our spirits to observe Jesus' arrest and death in Holy Week as we head into Easter. After that, we plan to begin gathering for worship in our sanctuary again, starting Sunday, February 21st. We'll have services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to make sure that we can maintain appropriate social distance, and we'll be wearing masks as a way of protecting one another, too. Even if you've never worshipped with us in person, we'd love to have you join us as we seek to praise God and follow Jesus together in the season of Lent. Our children's ministry is ramped back up on Wednesday nights, and the kids are having a lot of fun. If you've got kids or grandkids that you want to be learning about God and having fun in a safe space as they build relationships with one another, bring them to join us at 6 p.m. this Wednesday. If you've got questions about our ministries or about what it looks like to follow Jesus, I'd love to talk to you this week. Send me an email at chad at moorememorialumc.com or call us in the church office, 662-283-3804. We're so grateful for the generosity of so many people that enables us to do the ministry that we believe God has called us to. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing, you can give online at moorememorialumc.com or by mailing a check to P.O. Box 467, Winona, Mississippi, 38967. Or if you'd rather, you can drop a check off by the church office Monday to Thursday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Whether you've been a part of our congregation for a long time or if you've just started engaging with us recently, we would love to know how you're connecting to our church. It will help us know how we can best focus our efforts and resources to reach people most effectively and stay connected to you in this season and in whatever comes next. Just send us a note or give us a call. Again, our number is 662-283-3804. I pray that the message today is a blessing to you and that it reminds you of the power and the goodness of the God whom we worship. God bless you today. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the way that it speaks to us in a timely way. We pray, O Lord, that you would speak to us today and remind us of your power, remind us of your faithfulness, help us to keep you in proper perspective relative to the problems of our world. So we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from Psalm 147. We'll read verses 1 through 11. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. 
The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 21. Hear this word. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have, not, have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in. Who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither. And the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? And my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary. And the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You pray with me now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts find acceptance in your sight, Almighty Father. For it is you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'll never forget. It's one of the favorite introductions that we Southerners like to use before we tell one of our favorite stories. I will never forget. Of course, it may or may not be true that we won't ever forget these things. But what we mean when we say it is that we love to tell the story. And there are some things that we probably will never forget. 
where you were when JFK was shot or when the Twin Towers fell. Where you were when you met your spouse or the moment that you had your first child. There are things that you just don't forget. There's one thing that would seem relatively unforgettable that it seems like we constantly forget. And that is the greatness of God. I wonder if you have forgotten how great our God is. Don't you know it? Didn't someone tell you? Haven't you experienced God's grace poured out over you, yourself? Don't you know that it's been the truth long before you ever took your first breath? Haven't you thought about the whole, how the whole world came to be? And yet, maybe it's true for you that you have forgotten the greatness of our God. You might think it's a ridiculous question. Of course I haven't forgotten the, grace, the greatness of our God. Don't, don't preach to the choir. I'm here listening to your sermon, aren't I? Of course I haven't forgotten the greatness of God. But I wonder if your lives, day to day, week to week, year to year, month to month, election to election, have descended into a kind of faithlessness. It's not that you can't still adamantly proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that Christ has saved you from your sin, redeemed you, and brought you into new life. It's not even necessarily that you failed to invest in spiritual disciplines. You might be very regular about your prayer and your scripture reading, fasting even, embracing deep fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, even finding ways to do that digitally when we can't do that in person right now. It might not be that you have actively rejected God. You might not have even neglected God, though I feel certain there are some who will hear this sermon today who have. It's just that maybe, Maybe you have forgotten how great God is. I've been asked to serve on a board in Grenada with a group of people that are trying to start an emergency shelter for those who don't have adequate shelter. It'll open in times of of cold weather or other extreme weather where folks really need a safe, warm, dry place to be. They've asked me to serve on that board in part because when we lived in Gulfport, when I was appointed to Gulfport, one of my tasks was to help organize volunteers for a cold weather shelter there that was hosted by the Salvation Army. And organizing volunteers for a cold weather shelter is a bit of a challenge. You don't have a lot of notice, sometimes only a couple of days before it's decided that the shelter needs to open. And so it's hard to find people on short notice, especially for those shifts in the wee hours of the morning, especially if the shelter needs to be open during the week when people have to work. And preparing for this work in Grenada has reminded me of when I was just getting started in Gulfport. And as I was getting oriented to the work, I was working with the person at the Salvation Army that would be uh, the person organizing things on their end. I asked her, are are we sure we can find enough volunteers for this? And she looked at me and she said, our God has the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm pretty sure he can raise up the volunteers we need for a cold weather shelter. And I realized how faithless I was being. I was going to preach the gospel that Sunday morning. 
It wasn't that I had rejected God or even neglected Him. I had just forgotten who God was. I'd forgotten what our God is capable of. Now, I should say that you could hear that story and think, well, if God's got everything, we don't have to do anything. He's got it all covered. And that would be a mistake, too. To do that would be to forget that the God that we serve calls us to be an active part of His kingdom, to use whatever gifts we have in His service. But today I want to focus mostly on the other side of this forgetfulness. That maybe you and I have forgotten what God is capable of. And it might show up in our lives in any number of ways. It might show up in how much you check your investment accounts. He takes care of the sparrow and he's looking out for you. It might show up in how you talk about politics. He brings princes to naught, Isaiah says. He makes the rulers of the earth nothing. Isaiah looks around at the most powerful people he can find. As the people of Israel are in exile in Babylon, he looks at Nebuchadnezzar and all of the others and he says, he brings these kinds of people to nothing. They barely exist. When they've just begun to exist, they've just sprouted up from the earth. The winds of the Lord's breath come through and wipe them away carries them off like a little twig in the wind, like leaves falling in autumn that get blown about here and there. The most powerful men Isaiah can imagine are just little leaves in the wind. Meanwhile, meanwhile, God sits high on his throne above the earth and everybody, even the rulers and the kings as they mill about their business, look like tiny grasshoppers moving around. And the Lord stretches out the heavens over them like he's pitching a tent. It's that simple. The entire atmosphere is a tent for the people to live in. And Isaiah says, to whom will you compare that one? Who will equal that one? That even the rulers and the princes look like tiny little ants scurrying around on the concrete. Hear me. I'm not saying that princes and kings don't matter. When you ask if a basketball player is better than Michael Jordan, you're not saying Michael Jordan is insignificant. You're saying that someone else might even be surpassing Michael Jordan in greatness. It's not that who our rulers are doesn't matter. It certainly does. But when viewed in the light of the power and the presence of God, presidents, Congress, the Supreme Court, aren't much bigger than the ants that you might see walking down the sidewalk. Who are you going to compare God to? He knows you by name. He knows every creature on earth and in the heavens by name. Not even the best politician knows the names of all of their constituents. From where God sits, he doesn't miss anything, and no one is missing. No one. They might be able to hide from you and from the best detectives, but they cannot be hidden from God. God sees everyone. God sees you. And if that's true... God knows what you are up to. 
And Isaiah says, so I don't know why you say God doesn't know what path I'm on. God doesn't care about the things that I'm working on. God is not mindful of the path that I'm trying to blaze in his name. God's forgotten about us while we're in exile. So Isaiah says it again. Do you not know? Haven't you heard? God is eternal. God is everlasting. He made the heavens and the earth all the way to the ends of the earth, the places that you and no other person has ever been to. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't grow weary. You can't get to the bottom of his understanding. Have you forgotten the greatness of God? If you're tired, He's ready to bring you energy. He gives great power to those whose energy has been sapped of their strength, who are at their wit's end, who don't feel like they have anything left to give. That's the way Israel feels in this story, as they're in exile, as they're trying their very best to be faithful, and they feel like God is not aware at all of who they are as the emperor of Babylon oppresses them Maybe God's forgotten them. And Isaiah's response to them is that God has not forgotten you. You are not invisible. He sees you. He loves you. He is mindful of you. And he is not tired of trying to save you. Even the most fit young men get tired, Isaiah says. They'll stumble. They'll fall at some point. But those who wait on the Lord, Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they won't get tired or faint. God knows what path you are walking. He knows the difficulties that you are facing day by day. God has not forgotten you, even if you may have forgotten who he is. And you might think that it's all up to you to fix this world. You might think that you've got to solve all the world's problems. You might think that you've got to solve all of your family's problems. You might be overwhelmed just trying to solve your own problems. Amen? You might be tired. You might be broken down with grief. You might be worried about the trajectory that our nation is on or what the virus is doing to this world. I'm not telling you those things aren't big deals. They are. But zoom out just a little bit. Zoom out a lot. From the little corner of the world where you lay your head at night to the little plot of ground where you live to the little town that we abide in to the little state that we live in in a country that's just a small portion of the world on a globe that's just one of a few planets in our solar system, that's one of a million stars in our galaxy, among innumerable galaxies throughout the world. And then think. Think that God knows every detail of everything happening in every galaxy, in every solar system, on every planet, down to your name and the hairs on your head. And then think about what you can compare God to. 
And then, remember that God is good. God is generous. And God is kind. And God is characterized by nothing more than He is characterized by love. We know Him by His grace. He is ever benevolent to us. So maybe you're feeling exhausted, worn out, weak, feeble, frail. But all that does is make you no different than the rulers of this world. Here today and gone tomorrow, like little pine needles in the wind. Because God isn't tired, and God isn't weak or feeble or frail. The one who stretched out the heavens as a tent for us, the one who made this world in which we live, the one who sits over all of it watching every detail, he gives power to the faint, and he strengthens the powerless, so much so that he raised Jesus from the dead. And that power is available to us too. He will renew our strength and will mount up with wings like eagles, will run and not grow tired. We will walk and not faint, not because we are young and in shape, but because the God who does not grow tired is giving us what we need to do his work. I'm not saying that if we just trusted in God, all of our problems, all of the world's problems, all of our anxieties would just go away. What I am saying is that we must fight not to forget who our God is, how great and powerful and knowledgeable our God is, so that when all of those things begin to seem bigger than the power of our God, when those things begin to dominate our attention just because they are near, we can remember that our God doesn't forget us, that our God does not grow tired of caring for us, that he doesn't stop being mindful of us. God has not forgotten you, even if you have forgotten how great your God is. And he hasn't neglected you to figure things out on your own. He is providing for you. He will provide for you until the day that he comes to make everything in this world that he has made right again. Can you trust that God, not just in speech, but in deed, with every day, with your weariness, with your grief, with your anxiety, with your exhaustion, can you trust the God who does not get tired, who does not grow weary, and who does not neglect this world he has made? He loves you, and he wants to sustain you. You pray with me. Lord, teach us what it means to wait for you. Prompt us by your Spirit with your grace to remember how great you truly are. Let us not forget the love that you have shown us through your Son, Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has stopped at nothing to bring your love and light to us. Let us, by your power, O Lord, Mount up with wings like eagles. Let us run and not grow weary. Let us walk and not faint. Give us the energy that we need for this time. Because you are so much bigger than the things that we face. We trust you. 
and we want to honor you with our lives. Make it so for us by your grace, we humbly ask, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today at Moore Memorial United Methodist Church. We really hope that today's sermon has offered you hope and has offered you confidence in who God is and God's love for you. If we can serve you in any way, if we can pray for you, please reach out to us in the church office. Our phone number is 662-283-3804, or you can send me an email directly to chad, C-H-A-D, at morememorialumc.com. We pray that you have a wonderful week. We hope that we'll see some of you with us in worship at our drive-in service next Sunday at 11 a.m. at Mission Hope. And we hope that the following Sunday we'll have some of you in worship with us in the sanctuary where we'll maintain social distance, we'll wear our masks, we'll try to remain safe, but we will be worshiping God together. As much of the world prepares to watch the Super Bowl this afternoon, I hope that you'll remember that God doesn't take pleasure in the fast runner, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. May God find in us people who fear him and hope in his steadfast, unfailing love this week. Go forth from this place, from listening to this service, ready to serve God in whatever ways God makes available to you. Go confident in his love, sure of his forgiveness, and called to serve him as his people. Amen.